Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and the life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Do you feel like you're going through the motions in life, but not really living it? Do you long for more love, pleasure, and joy in your life? The Institute of Core Energetics offers webinars, workshops, and training programs designed to take you on a deep inner transformational journey that will help you develop more meaningful relationships with the people around you and embody the life you long to live. If you want real, lasting, and significant changes in your life, come join us for one of our free virtual community events. To register for the Money Summit and learn more about us, visit www.coreenergetics.org. Well, I am going to, uh, I'm excited today because we've got Scott Mulvaney. He's the man, full of energy, and uh, he is the founder of the lifestyle brand Live the Fuel. Um, he escaped the corporate life drag in 2009 as a corporate employee turned wildland firefighter turned marketing entrepreneur, podcaster, and author. He channels his health nut, adrenaline junkie energy into everything he influences. Scott often thanks his, transform- his transformative two years serving as a former hotshot wildland firefighter with the U.S. Forest Service. His high-energy passions can be heard on the Live the Fuel podcast show, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. Scott's mission is to fuel your fire while helping people realize life is short. So please, go after your dreams. Scott, welcome. Inspire us. I'm honored to be here, sir. It's great to see you again. It's good to see you. Things have been crazy. Right? <laughs> Things are crazy. I but think life is good. going for 2020. Yeah, exactly. But life is good for you. It's been phenomenal. That's awesome. You're building your business. Life is good. Um, Your birthday's coming up soon. In 48 hours. 48 hours. Happy birthday. All right. I'm going to ask you the first question. What's your spending priorities? Where do you spend your money? What's important? Now? Now. (laughs) Thanks to being uh, married a year and a half. Uh the marriage, the happy wife, the the next house, um, okay. and, and obviously catching up to my wife when it comes to investing. Because as you and I kind of, in a fun way, chat about on my show, she's way ahead of me on the money game. Yeah, and uh, I've been basically on the accelerated path of learning to catch up because I don't like being the guy left behind. So now that now is she teaching you any of her tricks, or is she just shaming if you I into stay married? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I tell people all the time, it, we all got to take accountability for where we're at and what got us there. And I don't negatively talk down about my family and my upbringing. I just, I'm a farm kid before I even chased corporate dreams, right? So I didn't know a lot. And right. I love my father. I love my mother, but they didn't know squat about money. Right. And I just limped through life, my 20s, my 30s. I don't know how the hell I got through that. And, so, uh, and then, yeah, fast forward meeting my, my wife now. And I was like, oh, her, her father's a former multi-CFO and accounting and all this stuff. So this girl never had debt except for school debt. Like she always paid her credit card off every month. I was like, okay, this is uh, two different people meeting. Yeah. <laughs> meeting together. And so. did you know anything about her financial background? And did she know anything about your financial background when you first realized this is the one? Uh, when I, oh, first of all, 
that's a whole backstory. That should be a whole book in itself. But the, uh, realizing that she was the one, no, because I'm, I have no problem telling people this nowadays. Uh, my head was very far up my ass, and she had to break up with me. So I actually had to win her back over the wow. next ninety days. Uh, basically, accepting the fact that I needed to let her go, realize we both need to move on, and then come back at it again when I realized she might be the one, <laughs> and uh, pull my head out of said butt. And realize that, okay, I know she's financially in a much different situation and her, it's not her fault. Uh, through a lot of my self-work and a lot of research, I really became a geek about connect- connectivity, relationships, and money is a big component of it. Yeah. That's all my self-studies I was doing. And that was like, oh, okay, listen, how's that her fault? It's not her fault that she was raised and educated around money. That's, yeah. She's innocent. <laughs> so I had to really really get my head out of my butt and realize like, listen, this is you. This isn't her. So, um, and obviously I want her back because we're married now. So. Something worked. Something worked. <laughs> now yeah, she's got to stay. You got her hooked. Yeah. Do you remember since you, you know, you grew up on a farm. Do you remember some of the stuff your parents used to tell you about finances? Oh God. You know, I feel like when I look back now, it's funny you ask that. So when I look back, my life has always gone fast and maybe that's me. I just, I was a workaholic. I mean, maybe it's the farm kid upbringing. That's why I always show respect to my father. Like I was working on our farm, going to school, and then for a part-time job, riding my 10 speed, 10 miles down the road to a big dairy farm to work there between 14 and 16 years of age. until I could save up enough money to buy my first car by 17 and then still work there throwing hay bales, milking cows, and then going to work at a grocery store, pushing carts for my very first job. Then also then washing dishes at a restaurant, like all this stuff. It's like, uh, the money went out. The money, money went out. Everybody's like, you really should save more. That was the line. And I was like, and I didn't realize that time now, years later, I was like, yeah, but you never showed me how you saved. Right. And admittedly, my whole life, my parents didn't save. Wow. They, they lived, and my dad's always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, the whole paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. I don't know. What, what do you call that? Uh, income to income lifestyle. Cause he's not yeah. getting a paycheck per se. I don't know. Right. right? So yeah, I literally freaked out so much, by the way, if you can hear my coonhound, he's saying hi. Oh, uh, very good. Hey, hey, hey dog. Calvin, coonhound <laughs> is our cancer surviving coonhound. Um, I used to freak out about that, by the way, when I was podcasting and now I'm like, I don't care because he survived cancer. He can bark. all He, he, he gets to bark. He gets to bark. So, but he, we keep uh, it real. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but the, the thing with my parents was they would just say the words. But right. they weren't living the words, right? Right. It becomes like, I don't know, a standardized part of the vernacular. Like, but parents should tell their kids to save. I don't know. I had a piggy bank when I was a little kid. And then as soon as I had a chance to spend that sucker, once I had enough in there, it was, it was on. I mean, well, I, would, I would do a lot of cycling as a kid. I would, I'd go ah. biking because I just wanted to get off the farm. Yeah. And I say, if I want to hang out with my friends, I needed to ride my bike. So I've been a cyclist my whole life. So that was my way of exploring. And yeah. I would take a little extra cash with me. We'd stop by a little corner store near where my best friend was at the time, which was probably about 15 miles from my house. And on my crappy, huffy, like Walmart, you know, I don't even want to call it a mountain bike. It was a 10 speed or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'd go get these, which is funny because I'm anti sugar these days. But anyway, there was these things called pixie sticks. Like oh yeah, sugar sticks. Oh, pure sugar. You bet. Ones that were like 
two feet long. And that's uh, right. Hey, man, that's worth the quarter, 50 cents or whatever it was back then. I mean, uh, I'll be 43 on Monday. So what what was that? The 80s? Yeah. Well, and you're pr- we're probably all still living off that sugar. <laughs> I mean, in, a, in a bad way. I mean, well, again, from what I know and what I learned from all the people I interview, uh, we're dying from all that sugar. So yeah, yeah a whole different podcast. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I heard the words, but didn't understand it. Like the, yeah. the language of money as experts like you and everybody else out there are helping us understand. Like it's a language. You have to understand it. It takes time. You can't yeah. just say the words and act like it's going to work. So, yeah, you got to got to put in a little bit of effort. And uh, no, it's it's hard. I think for a lot of parents, um, I know my parents. They didn't they didn't really know. They're just trying to say what they think they're supposed to say. But nobody was like, "Do this," mm-hmm. <laughs> or "Here's the impact." Um, do you uh, now that you're older? Do you have a um, do you have a car payment? And if nope. you do or don't, how did you decide how much you were going to spend on your vehicle? Like, how did you come to that decision? So part of my history is I've owned a lot of cars in my life. <laughs> um, whereas the car I have today is the one that I've owned the longest. Wow. And I'm proud of it because my friends were out buying new cars again right now right. during COVID. And I was like, okay, well, you have fun with that. Uh, I, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll give you the backstory on the car thing. My current vehicle, thanks to all the books I've read about money and investing and everything else, is like, if it ain't broke... Like, why get rid of it? So right. I have a 2012 Subaru Outback. Premium edition, a lot of upgrades from 2012. My wife has a 2009 Honda Pilot. She's a, she's a, a doctor of uh, equine uh, veterinary. She went to Cornell and UPenn, way nicer schools than I did. Yeah. So she's Ivy League, went to whatever school for her chiropractic doctorate. And she's like, well, I own it. So like, while we were dating, we were both still had car payments. So we did right. have car payments. I've, I've probably had a car payment most of my young adult years because yeah. I, I don't know if I was keeping up with the Joneses or you know what it was? It was my dad. I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, guess the mileage on my Subaru right now. It's 2012. 2012. So let's see. Was that eight uh, years? I would say, um, hopefully it's got like 95,000 miles. Nowhere near it. No, just crossed 266,000 miles. Jeez. I am <laughs> a machine when it comes to my business. I, I probably drive more than people fly in their lives. So that's uh, because you're not even living in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the best part is like, there's not one check engine light on it. I, I'm religious with this vehicle. It is, I go to the, the biggest Subaru dealer near me. Like when I was a kid, I would never take it to a dealership. Like you pay too much nowadays, right. thanks to whatever you want to call it, the way the industry has shifted, whether I go to the local garage or when I was a kid, I changed, I worked on all my cars myself. Yeah. So I know how to do it, but what is my time worth? So as a business owner, I'm like, I'd rather just drop it off. They're going to do, they always give me a full multi-point inspection. And I didn't even buy my car there, by the way. They're just, they are the biggest Subaru dealer on the East coast. So they always give me a free brand new fleet car. Like here, just drop it off. Uh, We'll get back to you later today or tomorrow. I'm always driving a brand new car. Sometimes I'm leaving on a business trip and if it's a big, if it's a major repair, they need it for a couple of days. I rack up some miles on the, on the brand new car. Hey, why not? Uh, why not? Why out. not? So, uh, so yeah, that, that car is a machine because I understand the importance of preventative maintenance, which most people don't understand. Like literally right. every 5,000 miles, I'm doing a full synthetic oil change and tire rotation religiously. So I, it, I have every receipt of everything I've ever done with that car in my filing cabinet right here. 
So I might be a little OCD. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, you know, I think OCD is not a bad thing. I I, I can appreciate OCD. So yeah. I probably average because my biggest client because I do a I, I meet with a lot of CEOs on behalf of her company and do a lot of sales uh, negotiations for them. So I probably average no less than thirty to thirty five thousand miles a year. Jeez. Okay. That's I a lot. Like it. So no, I'm here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, most of the area that I'll go meet with her is either in across all of upstate New York, all of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So I, I, I road trip, man. Um, my contract, I make sure she pays for the hotels and uh, a lot of other things we have in our little contract. So, but uh, it's like, it's my own fleet vehicle and I write it all off. I mean, again, careful with that term. That's a whole other piece of language you might want to yeah. understand. I'm sure you probably teach your audience. Exactly. <laughs> my my <laughs> wife and her father taught me about that. They're like, yeah. well, let me help you understand the percentages behind writing it all off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything gets written. Yeah. My friend writes off her dog. Okay. No, she well, doesn't. All right. That's, that's getting a little risky, but <laughs> yeah. Gets a little anyway, risky. So the rest of that story is, yeah, I, I had a car payment on it mm-hmm. and, but I paid it off. And my wife paid off her car. So we're like, well, her car is still going. My car is still going. So let's take that money. Now, because I came into the relationship with debt. The only debt she had, I think she's down after all that Ivy League education. I mean, she had like $300,000 in wow. school. So I think last time I checked, she's down to like 30 grand. Sweet. And I was like, baby, you're a machine. I mean, she is a machine. Like she's busted on me because I have more school debt than her right now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> um, but every car prior to that, let's see, the prior car, yeah, that was that was a car payment. The car I left to go firefighting with in 2010, that was my first car in years that I owned outright because I got rid of, uh, I had an Audi before that, Audi A4. It was a beautiful car. Yep. Car payment on that. Somebody hit it right before I was getting ready to, to take on this firefighting adventure. So luckily the insurance paid it off. And I was like, well, do I go back and get a car payment again? because I don't have savings or do I just suck it up, get a little humble. And I found a, a, a 1999 Subaru Outback wagon. That was my first Subaru bought it for three grand cash. Nice. And that sucker, I may, I drove that thing five times coast to coast between 2010 and 2012. I used to race that thing down the dirt forest roads to my base, trying to get there for our fire calls and all kinds I beat the snot out of that car, and that's what made me fall in love with Subaru. But yeah, I owned it. It's, good. it's a good so car. If I ever needed repairs, I had I didn't have a car payment to worry about. That's so, right. That's yeah. absolutely. Let me ask you this: You said a word in there that I think is important. You said uh, I decided to be humble. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's. I would imagine hard, that's, that's helpful. Been a hard word for me to learn. So, yeah, mm-hmm. in life, and I think all of us, if we're looking to succeed, everybody needs to start figuring that out. So I'm putting a whole chapter in my new book about humble. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I was like, cause I, cause like whether I realize it or not, that was a big part of firefighting. You yeah. gotta shut up and work, man. Get humble. You know, don't, don't run your mouth. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and I think ego gets us in a lot of financial trouble because we're oh, trying wow. to drive the nice car. We're trying to do this and that and learning to be humble and just saying, yeah, mm-hmm. got a car that works. <laughs> And actually, That's, my car looks great. I mean, people yeah. don't even know that the mileage has got what it's on it because I know how to take care of it. So right. people don't understand that. I was like, if you take care of it, they will last. I mean, granted, everybody says the newer cars don't last like the older cars. I make a joke. I said, listen, any car bought in the 80s will probably take a crap. I mean, 80s was not a good year right. <laughs> for vehicles. Um, no. But I've been nothing but impressed with my, my – it's funny because my, my, my shop – 
my car goes in the shop for a major service every so often, like a big one. Right. Like I just had to replace a control arm on the axle and all the brakes. So it was like $1,600 bill. But I said, baby, I own the car. The last major bill was a year ago. Right. So if I was paying a $400 a month car payment, I just paid $1,600. So that was four months of car payments. Right. But I haven't, haven't done a major service in a year. So do the math. <laughs> yeah. No, it works. It works out. It works out. It works out. Um, what is a typical day for you in which you have, like, what are the moments you most enjoy and what moments don't you enjoy and how is money factoring into those moments? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, you, you got a good show. Um, <laughs> so money has been a major stressor in my life and I didn't realize it. So the sooner I started accepting it, it's, I almost feel like sometimes I feel like it's like an alcoholic awareness type of program or a drug addiction thing. Like yeah. you got to get like, got to get counseling or something, but it's like, okay, Oh yeah. I'm a right, money dude, spender. <laughs> you got to step up and own the fact that you don't know what your wife knows, her dad knows. And I'm not saying they know everything because there's right. some things that I do differently that I've actually helped influence her on. Like she was so frugal that like, she's always like, well, do we take this trip or not? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we work our butts off. Right. Don't save all your money until you're in like your parents until your seventies or eighties. And then you go to Africa. So we, right, we where got, you can't so, even walk it. <laughs> right, like two years ago, we mixed business with pleasure. And this is, this answers part of your question about like when I get really excited, like when I know that in the next three months, my wife and I said, Hey, let's figure out how to write off a vacation. Right. So she is a doctor has to constantly go through CEU continuing education, you know, unit credits or whatever you want to call yep, that. Yep. So now her mission, thanks to us being a power couple, is to find trips, like destination educational conferences. Right. And so two years ago, I never thought in my life that I'd be able to go to Africa. Yeah. And we said, okay, week one is fun. Week two is at this safari lodge educational thing, which was great for me because she had to go to class every day. And, and you got to go play. <laughs> I got to go do whatever I want. So I literally like, she thought it was crazy. Like I bought this photos on social media. Like I, I paid, which by the way, the exchange rate there is phenomenal. In Southern Africa, Southern Africa, I paid for one of those like aerial safaris. Like oh it yeah, was, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, took off from the runway nearby. It was a dirt runway. And she, everybody thought, everybody at the conference thought I was crazy. And then this like, law, this, this lawyer who specializes in veterinary medicine from Texas was there. And then I twisted his arm and made him go. And his wife and kids were like, you're crazy. So I, I made a bit of a reputation for myself, but that's my lifestyle. But it's like, listen, we're in another country. Yes, we get to go on safari every single day on week two because that's part of the conference, right? Like every morning at sunrise and every evening at sunset, they take you out on safari. But then yeah. you're in classes all day long. Right. I'm like, well, well, we could see a whole different perspective of Africa. So it's yeah. like, oh, cool. And again, thanks to the exchange rate, it was something stupid. Like, I can't remember. It was like $60 to $1 or something. Yeah. Great. Like they're they're... Their economy is, is terrible. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> so bad. It's bad. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. So, but stuff like that gets me excited nowadays because I know I come from a lot of mistakes and I'm still wiping out some debt. Mm -hmm. So that way my wife and I can be like, like legit power couple. I think I'm like, dude, we have yeah. nothing holding us back. Right. Yeah. Finances should not be something that holds us back. And that's my commitment to her. And that's why yeah. I get excited because then I convince her like, Hey, let's do a trip like this because I do, sales and marketing for her business. So right. he's a client. 
So you write off your doctor stuff. I'll write off any kind of promotional stuff we may do, right? So like right now we're planning, we're big skiers. And I forget if it's January, February, no, again, pending whatever's going on with Corona. Right. There's a conference. She needs to get a big chunk of CEU credits. So in Lake Tahoe. Nice. So, hey, I was like, let's do one of our ski trips, Lake Tahoe. You know, we go skiing and you go to your classes. And I know I have friends out there because I used to live all over the West fighting fires. So like, hey, I know people like I can catch up with old colleagues, old friends. Like, how cool is that? So stuff like that gets me excited nowadays because when I'm behind my command center here, like I'm with you and I'm like, I'm running my business, you know, online, Zoom calls, webinars, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but I know the next like three, four months, like, who? yeah, like that's going to happen. That's happening. So, so let me ask you this. What's the best part about traveling? Like there's the, I mean, right. You get the pleasure. But do you, do you learn anything? Like what? Like why should people travel? Because we think we know everything, and until you start traveling, and when you finally start traveling, you realize you know squat. Yeah. I don't care what your pedigree is, what your degree is. It's funny because my wife and I again are different there. So when she was younger, while she was going to college, you know she got to get on to uh, you know, live in Australia for. Uh, you know, stuff, you know, people like live abroad, go to class right. and stuff like that. I never experienced that. Like in my twenties, I was working my way up in the corporate world, taking classes in my free time because I didn't have a way to pay for school. I'm the first person in my family to have a degree. Right. So I became, that became my mission. And then I got bored with it. So I stopped going. That's when I, that's, I was originally an engineering major at Penn state university. And then I got sucked into the telecom world, the internet world and worked my way up there with no degree. Then realize, hey, maybe I should start the classes again because if I'm, if I'm going to stay in that world, the piece of paper is important. Yep, for some. And then obviously, so then I finish, I go, I, I bust my butt through my twenties, and then at thirty, you know, at thirty, thirty-one, I finish my degree, and then I realize, well, this all sucks, and that this firefighting thing bit me. So next thing you know, I'm going to fire academies, and I leave it all behind. You know, right. <laughs> it's like give away all my possessions. The only thing I keep is anything athletic or outdoors related, fit it all in that, in that 1999 Subaru. And I move West and live out of my car for the next two years. Like it was, it, this is all going to be in the book, but it was just fun stuff. And, but the travel driving across country, I would come back to the East coast every winter in my off season from firefighting. Yeah. You just kill yourself all summer long firefighting. You're right. You're doing what a normal 40 hour work person does in a year. If you right. do nine to five, two weeks pay vacation, do the math, it's 2,000 hours a year. My rookie year, 2010, we did between 18 and 1,900 hours in a summer. The wow. following year, we did 2,000 in six months. Yeah, so, that's insane. Gives you an idea of workload. You're doing 16-hour shifts on the fire line. Sometimes you're working for a month straight, two weeks straight, whatever. Uh, there's times you didn't shower for two weeks, crazy stuff. So when you get your time off, you appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm driving all, I mean, rock climbing, ski trips, biking trips. Um, my first, uh, my bloodline traces to Ireland and my name is Scott William Mulvaney. I was like, I want to know where I come from. So as soon as my rookie year was done, I, all I did was, cause I never got to experience how kids go away to school and they do the hostel thing. Like right. in Europe, I'm like, what's a hostel like? And right. I'm like, well, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm too old for it. Cause I'm 31, 32 at this time. I was like, I don't care. So I, I, as the fire season's coming to an end, I got my money because that's the best part. When you're firefighting, you can't spend your money. You can't spend your money. It's all direct deposit in your account. And the only thing I'm paying every month is, you know, my, my bills. So like, right. you know, my debt, really right. my debt, I'm buying food. And trust me, as a federal firefighter, you don't get paid squat. So you do need to get, be really good at your money. 
But I said, okay, I'm buying a plane ticket and I'm booking the first hostel. And then at the end of the trip, I booked a, um, an appointment in Dublin the last day uh, to have a, I have a tattoo on my spine of a Celtic cross. I wanted to get that completely retouched and done. So symbolically it was done in Ireland. So that's, right. that's all I planned. That's it. It was, I was like 10 days. Everything else in between was a free for all. I didn't yeah. have a plan at all. I backpacked all over Ireland and winged it. Never rented a car, never rented a motorcycle, just figured it out. And it was such a huge growth experience. That's yeah. what I love sharing. Long answer to your question. Like, oh my God, there's so much growth from meeting other cultures. Like, like I said, Africa earlier, that's probably the most profound learning experience yet because you yeah. see there's such a, a wide breadth of poverty uh, to riches. Like we stayed in some white marble floored thing, like this gorgeous, like cliffside. I don't know what you call it, but it was like these people that were loaded, but yeah, only because my wife knew the girl, she went to school with the girl and the girl's like, Hey, my grandmother's got like a flat down in yeah. South Africa. We have a small palace. <laughs> and I walk in and I'm like, there's this white everywhere. Like how much did this cost? I mean, yeah. so we got the stand for free the first week, but, and then you start driving around South Africa and you see the poverty and the living. And it's like, it was very grounding very quick. Yeah. So no, absolutely. I'm a big fan of travel. I'm a big fan of travel. Yeah. What, what would you say is, um, if anything, uh, what financial baggage do you still have? One credit card, one credit card, one credit card. And now granted, I use that for business. So I, I have been ebb and flowing it sometimes. I, right, I'll, I'll be for a good example. So my wife and I are planning, finally planning our honeymoon because we were going to, I was going to take her to Italy because I have friends who own a villa that I buy my olive oil from because I had them on my podcast show. Right. So I wanted to take her to meet them. And I knew because we're friends and the podcasting world, like I'd probably get a hookup because that's, right. that's something else I have fun with money wise. Like yeah. I'm all about connecting with people and building relationships because you never know what could come. I could help, I could help them one one day or they can right. help me. One day. Absolutely. And I'm happy to pay full price too, but yeah. I was so excited to take her there. And then, you know, Corona. So now in a few weeks in October 10th, we're going to Costa Rica. Oh, nice. We said, you know what? You, you got to get your COVID test within 72 hours. We're burning out. I said, baby, this is what we live for, right? It, let's go. And so we're doing our makeup honeymoon finally in Costa Rica. So. Oh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> That's fun. But, yeah. So, so, but to answer your question on that credit card, like, okay, I, I, I'm realizing as I free up cash flow. That allows me to reinvest into my business. That allows me to start supporting my wife more with planning some bigger and better trips. Yeah. For example, two nights ago, she texts me. My friend is our flight attendant that I used to work with years ago in the call center world. Now she has her own travel company. And she's like, so we've never used a travel agent. And I was like, hey, just give it to her. Let her do her thing. And it's been great. So she texts us. She's like, hey, so the airlines canceled your trip home. So we need you to stay an extra day, which means the resort you're at is going to cost you another like $350 because it's a, it's like a secrets property the second week or right. the second part of the week we're there. And then, oh, by the way, the first part of the week at that volcano resort you're staying at, because I wanted to stay at a volcano. Yeah. Um, she's like, well, that one is now going to stay closed until November. So we got to completely move you. If this okay, there's another volcano resort, but that's more expensive. So my wife texts me the other day as I'm coming home from a business trip and she's like, well, She's like, so it's like, I'm looking at the numbers and I said, wait a minute, are you literally asking if we can extend one more day in paradise, stay at a, 
another cool volcano resort. The airlines is going to automatically rebook us. We don't have to pay any more airfare. Right. You're questioning $500. Right. Total. Yeah. I said, should I transfer you the money now? <laughs> yeah. That is something that makes me feel good. My wife has always had more money than me because she's a saver. She's got, she's always very smart with her money. So she, when she, when we, our relationship started, she would say, listen, I know you're an adventurer. I know you can't afford it right now, but I want to go. I want us to go here. It's okay. But I always felt guilty. So as now I'm, I'm now, and it's not like who has the power, but like, it's like, well, it's nice. And I'm like, okay, do you need me to pick up the dime? Like, what are we doing? Cause we had, right. we already had a fund. We had a fund set aside to pay for this. Yeah. And we were already $500 over honeymoon budget. Right. I was like, at this point, what's another 500 bucks, babe? It's our honeymoon. It's, it's only money. Right. I was like, money's not even real. I'm sure you've had shows right. about that. Like people need to understand what money means. Like now that I right. know, I'm like, I'm now making my money work for me. I'm investing more in retirement, which I never did before. Uh, but I'm not doing like the, the lame, like safe stuff. I'm deaf. I'm the risk taker, dude. Like I want my money to work for me. Absolutely. Um, this house, this house, we're going to move within the next year. We're supposed to be moved by now and buy another house. I already have one rental tenant on this property. I rent the garage out for car storage. So when I'm done, this whole property is going to pay for the new house. That's awesome. Like, it's all this, this stuff excites me now. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Like I've been learning the language and getting our money to work for us. is super fun. So what got you addicted into all of that? Like, uh, learning about money, like seeing it get, getting excited about the saving, uh, all those things. Peace of mind. Yeah. I've always lived in fear and I didn't realize it. Right. That fear of living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Uh, uh, can I shout out a financial author? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You ever hear of Michael Michalowicz? I haven't, but I've, I'm so bad with names that I probably read his book. Author. Like he had the entrepreneur, but his best selling book is called Profit First. Okay. And it's been re released a second time. Um, I've had him on my show, I've been on his show. Great guy. I live by his system. Great. It's defined the book. It teaches entrepreneurs to pay themselves their profits first. You don't wait and pay all your expenses later. Like I literally have a separate bank account that I hard code a percentage of my gross income into, but then I'm not allowed to touch it until the end of each quarter. So it's like releasing yourself your own dividend. Right. And you're not allowed to spend it on anything business related. You have to spend it on fun. So I've always got a fun fund that I can't touch for a whole quarter. And then at the end, I have the choice. Do I want to spend it? Or keep it there and make it a bigger fun fund, right? Right. So like I just I just use the fun fund for the trip. But thanks to my business growing during COVID, I've already got another you know five hundred to a thousand dollars already back into that, and we just did a we just did a quarterly transfer here. So like yeah. like that's fun. Like oh my god, like having like my car repairs. I have I have an automotive account. Like literally, right. there's thousands of dollars sitting in there. So if I don't spend it on on when this Subaru finally dies, I'm trying to get it to three hundred thousand. Because okay. I'm going to send it as a whole case study to Subaru. So, yo, check this out. Look what I did. I'll go buy another car. I can do it tomorrow. Right. But because I have an, I have an automotive account. So whatever I don't spend on repairs, it's going towards, like, I am looking forward to just walking in and buying a brand new car in cash, which I probably won't do that. I always get like a one, two year certified leftover anymore. I don't buy right. brand new. I don't want yeah. the depreciation. Save the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh my God, freedom. Yeah. Like a fear. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's so empowering. Yeah. 
I get all fired up. <laughs> no, it's good. And I, no, I love it. I love it. It's I have my fund fund. I was wondering if after you miss, if you skip it on the quarter, are you allowed to go back in later or do you have to wait until the next quarter? Oh, no. I mean, it's, you can go in once you've hit the quarter. What is it's like in the beginning, they're, like, they're trying to teach you something. Right. Is that because I never lived by a budget and right. I always looked at it as budget as weakness. And they're like, no, you need to really teach yourself where your money is, what's coming in. For example, at the beginning of COVID, I was worried. Like, am I going to lose business? Right. Are my clients going to possibly have to pull away? Now, thankfully, I grew my clients' businesses during this entire time. So I literally helped one of my clients start a whole new company, which has just given me another $1,000 a month retainer into their package because now I got to help them run the social media on that. So it's right. like, okay, game on. <laughs> like, yeah. This is fun. So, exactly. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. I know we're... Um, I mean, I could talk for like a hundred hours, but um, what what got you? What made you decide that you want to help people? You want to motivate people? You want to inspire people? Like, what was that moment when you said, "You know what? I want to give something back. Um, I want people to like learn the lesson I learned," or like, what was it? Uh, or not learn the lesson that I learned? <laughs> you know, I, I do. Oh, it's funny. I only served for two years as a hotshot out west, and yeah. that's one of the elite forms of wildland firefighting. We were put into the worst crap you can get put into. Uh, there's all different tiers of firefighting, but yeah, it, it was dangerous. The hot spotters are the hot. I mean, I read up on hot yeah, spots. The, there's, there's smoke jumpers and there's hot shots, right? So right. smoke jumpers skydive in the hot shots, hike deep in, and we are trained to be the elite, to be remote, to not depend on other crews. If we don't have to, like they need, if they need people to get in there and attack, like we're, the, we're like the initial attack, like, right. Right. And then there's hell attack of helicopters in the, all the flying stuff. And then everybody else, like all the other type two wildland firefighting crews were just, just as important. They're still doing work, but like, so it was a very grounding, humbling experience. And because it didn't matter about my, my degree meant nothing. My corporate right. background meant nothing. They wanted people that are going to work hard, yep. suck it up, listen to a military style command structure. And I was my superintendent who, who gave me a shot. I, I honor him to this day, Patrick Moore of Arizona. He, he was like, I'm worried about you. I'm like, why? He's like, because you're pretty independent and you're pretty confident because you're older and you've already got some stripes, you know, on your sleeve in life. Right, right. He's like, I don't know. He's like, we usually hire 18 to 24. Right. <laughs> so, um, he's like, listen, I need to know that for the next two years, he's like, you're okay if I literally just need you to be Mr. Asses and Elbows is what, what, what right. it's like. Literally, you, you're swinging a Pulaski into the dirt to make yeah. a hand line, make a fire break. So he's like, I need to be bent over 16 hours a day hiking, striking into the earth over and over and over again. That's your life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it's taken me 10 years, 10 years since to finally get around to writing a book about it. So that yeah. the book's almost done. It's at my editor right now. Awesome. And I can't, I can't wait to release it because I'm excited because... I never knew I'd start a charity. I started a charity last year called Fuel Foundations because I've just a lot of projects I've helped with over the years, a lot of charity work I've done on and off. And sometimes people don't have a 501c3. I'm like, first of all, it's not that hard to get it going. I can right. teach anybody to do it. The point is, I'm like, fine. I want the freedom to help whatever I want. So right. I can run my own events. I can do my own fundraising. I control the money and I know where it's going. So. Yeah. In the beginning, I'm sending random donations out to different firefighting charities all over the country. And now I'm like, I control it. 
Like I just cut a check last week for 500 bucks from a very tiny event because of COVID. I couldn't run a big outdoor workout event like we normally done past years. Anyway, so having the ability to just funnel money into my own charity, which by the way, most of the money in the charity is mine. Right. I have, I, I actually hard coded my company. My, I, I, I brand it this way. I run a four, four purpose business. Right. Something I learned from a great event out West called um, Thrive, Make Money Matter, founded by Cole Hatter. Been out there four or five times. It's a big inspirational entrepreneurial event past few years. He said, guys, if you can figure out how to run your business in a four-purpose way, find something of a nonprofit initiative to align yourself with. He's like, think about this. As you grow your business, you grow your giving. Changed my life. Yeah. So it's like, wait. So I was already setting, I set aside a four-purpose bank account yeah. And was funneling like one or two percent in the beginning in there. Yeah. Now, now I have a hard coded five percent of all my gross income goes in there. But now it's my charity. So in the beginning it was just going to a random account. Right. Then I, I just change a transfer and it goes into the dedicated bank account that I have set up for my foundation. Yep. So ninety percent of the income in there is my money. But I don't right. touch it because it's for the foundation. So now right. if I see right now a firefighters dying out west serving in the in the West, I have friends who own foundations in Arizona and Mexico. So now I can cut checks. Yeah, and do whatever I want. So yeah. I, can, I can give back, and as I grow my company, because it's five it's percentage base, I'm growing my donations. And yeah. yeah, I can write that off and blah blah blah, whatever my account wants to do. So yeah. it's like, holy crap! But Live yeah. the Fuel started literally in the beginning after firefighting. I just i I literally would just hop on Facebook and post a ton of firefighting photos, and then disappear into the mountains again for another month or two. That right. was my life for two years. Right. And I never expected to be running social media for companies. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then it's like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started Live the Fuel as just an inspirational page on Facebook. I just wanted to post motivational quotes. Yeah. My first two thousand. I mean, I don't. I don't even care about it. It's like I don't. Doesn't matter how many followers you are. I have quality followers. It's right. else you, but it's like, cool. That's how it started. The logos changed probably six times, you know, since 2014. Right. So I was like, okay, I want to, I just want to put, when I, when I get inspired, I wanted to share it. Yeah. Then the podcast came. Then me starting my own company came. Like all that stuff came later. But in the beginning, yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to attract like-minded people. People yeah. that bust their ass, but understand that it takes hard work to stay motivated and stay inspired. And you need to give back to others along the way. And yeah, that's where absolutely. all this started coming from. Live the Fuel actually stands for Live the Fired Up Epic Life. That's, mm. I got so excited when I created that brand. My whole wall was covered in my crappy little apartment years ago. The whole wall was covered in post-its of all the key words that meant something in my life. Yeah, And then I figured that out. Because one of my famous quotes from Ernest Hemingway is live the fired up... Sorry, no, that's mine. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's um, live life to the fullest. And I was using that like crazy during firefighting. Yeah. But then I was like, wait a minute, what if I could create my own quote? And I yeah. had my degrees in marketing money so from firefighters. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. So like I could create my own brand. Right. Well, I didn't know where I was going to go. Never right. expected that my own company, my own podcast. Now, now I'm an author. Like what? I, 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 I hate writing. Yeah. I'm writing a book. <laughs> like, you don't know where it's going to take you. It's, no, it's humbling no. now. Like I'm excited as I'm telling you all this. But I'm like, holy crap. Like I'm worried. Like I'm worried about putting the bike, the book out. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, am I going to upset some of my old firefighting world? You know, because yeah. I'm writing about what I learned from being a hotshot. Like I, I don't know. Like it's that that imposter syndrome that we always get throughout yep. life as we try and take on something new and exciting. It's yeah. always going to be there. Absolutely. Right. 
Yeah. It's just you get better at overcoming it as you keep taking the risks and you keep putting this on and you keep coming overcoming these things once and again. The people who give up, those are the ones you're basically allowing weakness to set in your life. Yeah. Like, we're going to get injured. We're going to get cut. We're going to bleed. That's life. That's All life. Right. And I think you suck yeah. it up and get over it. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think a lot of people think it's going to be an easy journey once they make the choice. And the reality is it's hard. People are going to judge you. People are going to push back. Uh, you're going to fall down. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get embarrassed. Do it anyway. Yeah. Like push through, push through. You know, a lot of people like have a love or love or hate relationship with Joe Rogan running a very mm-hmm. successful podcast right now. Right. You know, what, you know, one of the biggest things I learned from that guy, and I'm a social media guy, right? Yeah. It's like, Stop reading your comments. He's like, I don't have time for it. He's like, uh, yeah. my team and I, we put up our content and I move on. He's yeah. like, I don't go back and look at what somebody tweeted or commented. He's like, I'm too busy. He's like, we're full speed ahead, bro. Yeah. And I love that lesson that I heard on his show years ago. And I'm like, huh, interesting point. I am yeah. too busy. I got yeah. sucked into that black hole of reading people's, whether it's positive, negative. I'm too busy, bro. Moving on. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm living the, living, living the fire and the fuel. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. It. If I allow my fire to get put out, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to pass on that intensity to other people if I got this weak-ass little fire? Like My yeah. logo has a white flame in it for a reason. Yeah. If, I mean, way back when I was a kid, and I remember science class, we started the solar system and the intensity of different suns, and I was like, dude, I want to burn white hot. All right? Exactly. When I fought wildfires. Everything was yellow, red. But if you if you came across something burning like a car and there was like metal and stuff and like you could see entire car motors melt m- melting into like a terminator puddle of steel of metal you know it's like yeah you just see these intense intense high temperatures like said all right man let's go white hot let's I go hot. Keep running white hot 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 no yeah. i love it and I, listen i love the and i'm going to just repeat this because i love it the four purpose business which mm. means that we probably should have a four purpose life um i'm all about intentional living and conscious choice and uh um, it's not easy. It's right? not easy. Because everybody's like, well, I already got so much other stuff to focus on. But I was like, I know, but it, you don't have to go big. Start small. Yeah. Just know that you stand for something else besides you and your family. Like, if you can just give back here and there, it's so, and you start building the momentum. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good experience. When you just say, you know what? It's not just about me, bro, or girl, or whatever. It's like, exactly. okay. Okay. It, it, it could be something simple as going into the park and picking up litter. I mean, absolutely you don't have to start your own foundation like that came years later for me <laughs> yeah that's right it's it's about community connection and paying it forward yeah. uh, for me it is scott where can people find you on social media everything is live the fuel i will live say i got i have a personal feed on instagram which is my name's at scott w mulvaney um but everywhere youtube facebook Twitter. I don't know if you tweet guy, but Instagram, everything is at live the fuel. I keep it simple. I'm a marketing guy. Why am I going to have that tags? <laughs> and is the name of the book live the fuel? No, it's going to be. So you want to be a hot shot? question mark because it's I, I'm excited by it. My, my editor is loving it right now. She's like, Oh my God, you get so transparent. She's like, you get so real. I was like, because I want to, I'm like, I'm not here trying to tout like, Oh, I served as a hot shot. It's not about that. It's about learning what it took to get there. Right. And the 10 years of what I've learned since that I'm still learning from that experience. I honor all men and women who choose to serve in public service. Yeah. And it's not just firefighting. Yeah. That takes a major sacrifice, a major for purpose initiative mindset yep. to give back like that and take and risk your lives. I only did it for two years. These people who commit their whole lives, their whole career, much respect. No, absolutely. And where can people find your book when it comes out? 
Oh, we're still publishing on Amazon. So that'll awesome. be the initial launch. Yeah. I'm, I'll be, I'll be launching all kinds of stuff on that. It's coming out before the end of the year. So like literally awesome. she's finishing the final editing on the chapters that we just been working on for the past two months. And then I have to do a final read through. And, and then because I'm a huge audible guy, cause I'm always doing my own self-development, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> who are listening to this, always keep growing, always keep learning. Um, I, I can't launch this book without having an audiobook ready to go. So I have to record that. So and luckily, I've invested in my own podcast show, so I have all the equipment I need to do it. That's perfect. But you'll do it after you come back from Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah, take the, some vacation. The wife, the wife deserves 100% attention from me. Yes. Yeah. That so. makes sense. That makes sense. Well, let me just say to everybody out there, don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you prefer to watch our episodes, you can head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel. Uh, Scott. It's been great having you. Uh, glad we got to connect again. I love your passion. I love your energy. And I hope people go out there and live the fuel. Thank you. It's been yeah. an honor. Absolutely. Absolutely.